Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 5, issue 236. If you want to play along with us, the next five games we've got coming up in the podcast are Outrun, the original, mainly, we'll be talking about, uh, and some of the spin-offs, but not Outrun 2 and and uh, and the, uh, the follow-ups to that. That will be a separate podcast at some point in the future. After Outrun, it's Grand Theft Auto 5, and we'll also talk about GTA Online in that. Then we return to our Legend of Zelda series with the Minish Cap. Following that, Swery's D4, Dark Dreams Don't Die. And then Ryan will be your host for a podcast all about the main games in the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater series. Head to canerince.com for articles, features, reviews, links to our forum, our Facebook page, our YouTube channel. We have all that stuff. Uh, please also remember to check out our video games music podcast, Sound of Play. And as I always say, do remember to try to review or at least rate and definitely subscribe to both of our podcasts, uh, whether you get them on Stitcher Radio, TuneIn or good old iTunes or wherever else. But moving on, joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 236 are Carl Moon. Hey, guys. And CJ Black. Hello. Welcome. Uh, so we are Special Teams Soccer Game, having been together for the Sensible Soccer podcast. Uh, we talked all about that series, uh, and we also did a sort of potted history of top-down footy, both before and after Sensible Soccer, including obviously mention of kickoff, and that was in uh, Kane and Rint's issue 191, so you want to seek that one out. In this podcast, we're pretty much going to be talking only about kickoff and related games uh, rather than what came before and after, although obviously there may be mentions of things that replaced games in our affections or whatever else. But uh, but let's not worry about that. Let's start, not kick off, with <laughs> CJ. And when did you start playing kickoff? Which versions did you play? And uh, yeah, on what formats? Well, I, I, I played a, a lot of footy as a kid and watched a lot of footy. As I mentioned in the Sensible uh, Soccer show, I um, I used to play loads of Subutio, um, then moved on to International Soccer and Emily Hughes on the Commodore, Match oh, Day yes. 2 on there as well, and Micropro Soccer, um, yeah. and that led into Kickoff on the ST, then Kickoff 2 on the ST, um, then I think I got it on, on the Amiga a bit later, um, mm. A lot of obsession with player manager and then on to uh on to goal fabulous uh and well we're going to talk about some of the sort of subsequent uh elements later so so we'll we'll address those when we come to them oh. carl uh how about you footy mad kid obviously um, <laughs> and uh did you have an amiga back in 89 90 I did. I got an Amiga in, I believe, 1988, 89. Um, I was very young. Your dad paid for that, I'm sure. Uh, it was either my dad or my uncle, because okay. he, he got one at the same time. Um, and he still regales me with the story of walking down the street with two Amiga 500s, one under each arm, oh. and feeling like the king of the town. Those were um, big boxes as well. Yeah, I know, right? So, big uncle, big arms. Big <laughs> yes, that, that's exactly it. Uh, the first one I played was uh, the very first kickoff. Um, this would have been 1989 when it came out on 1990. This is when I started to get into football. Yeah. Um, oh, well, what, do you mean when Man United started to get good again after years in the dark? I believe you'll find that, <laughs> that was 1992, Leon. I think you'll find that in 1990, the enemy were surprisingly well, good at football. That's true. 
It was the um, FA Cup win, though, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. It was Ferguson's the, it, first trophy. Exactly. Um, my dad was a you know a Man United fan anyway, so we had to get a football game, and and kickoff was the only real choice uh, for a quality title. Uh, and sixteen bits, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so I started off with kickoff. Uh, went into the expansions. Then I went. Uh, I I played a couple of player managers, but. Six year old me didn't really get it like I did with the kickoffs. Right. So it, it was more like I'd, I, whilst I sampled uh, player manager, I avoid Kevin Keegan's one because I didn't like Kevin Keegan. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably still a little bit true these days. <laughs> and then um, I love it. And uh, then later on, uh, I, I sampled player manager back in 98. But the big one I went back to was uh, the mighty kickoff two. That was the one I spent most of my time on. And then like CJ. Uh, went went off a bit to uh, sensible world, uh, sensible soccer, and then to goal. So yeah. back, back, full circle. Okay, it's amazing when you look back uh, at the late eighties, sort of early to mid nineties, and the variety and range of you know football slash soccer oh, yeah. games that you, that you had uh, of different varieties. Multiple and now you have uh, franchises. Two. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, <laughs> it's, it's strange looking back at international soccer and Emelins in that regard because yeah. you know they they were the early ones, but that seems to be the modern day template for um, for football games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I'd been playing uh, some eight bit soccer games like Emlyn Hughes International Soccer. The audiogenic game had been my and my friend Neil's obsession um, for the previous uh, couple of years uh, on his Commodore sixty four, um, and then I got my Amiga ahead of my eighteenth birthday, in which would have been my birthday was eighteenth birthday was June nineteen ninety. So I know I got this uh my my computer in advance of my birthday somehow some for some reason um and one of the first games i bought was kickoff because i knew it existed i was excited you know i got my amiga and it came with uh, rainbow islands and uh f29 retaliator and all this exciting stuff but uh i didn't have a football game so um as soon as i found a second hand copy of uh, kickoff in uh a computer gamer i think it was one of brighton's vintage game stores no longer around of course uh i think i picked it up for under a tenner and i i don't i don't know how aware i was that kickoff 2 was like right round the corner but i still have uh fond memories of playing a lot of the first kickoff with uh with my friend neil and also with my friend simon um, we had a few good sessions i actually remember playing it on my 18th birthday so i think kickoff 2 came out like literally later that week or 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 something like that mm-hmm. um and i remember you know i remember sort of saying as an 18 year old i wasn't I certainly wasn't somebody who never went to the pub or anything like that but i remember thinking you know this was quite a geeky way to spend my birthday playing uh playing a computer football game, but also I couldn't have been happier. And it was just well, like, it was You look just... back 26 years later and it seems more like an awesome way to spend your 18th totally. birthday than, than feeling sick the day after with a, with a banging headache. Well, so. absolutely. That's exactly how I felt. And I spent most of the next 20 years uh, mainly being drunk. So uh, <laughs> so I've kind, of, I've kind of come full circle in that regard. I think people um, in the modern day as well um, can pick on kids for, you know, playing FIFA sort of constantly, but... You know, I did, these were the games that I constantly, constantly oh, came back absolutely. to. Absolutely, um, yeah. And I think, I think in in regards of um, of kickoff with it having such an unusual control scheme, um, there was this level of training that you had to get into to to get into the mindset for it. And I think that yeah, because absolutely. we were coming back time and time again, and most of the times you were you know sitting on a couch with your mates or 
um, you know, sort of chatting about about different things and the things that you found out to do. So yeah. there was this wonderful um, level of, I don't know, camaraderie and um, being on the same team almost without wanting to put too, yeah. too what, fine a what point is on this, it. What is this couch co-op and couch player that you talk about? Oh, it's all coming back. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, actually, I need to rewind slightly because I just, uh, I, I remember this earlier and uh, and it was upsetting, but I, I did also buy, um, before I had my Amiga, I bought one of the 8-bit ports uh, of kick off my Atari 800 hoping that okay I accepted that the graphics wouldn't be 16-bit not that they were ever you know the star of the show the graphics by Steve Screech programmed by Dino Dini Hmm. Um, but I was hoping it would at least uh, retain what I'd read and only read and not actually seen for myself or played was this really um, intricate fast-paced sort of physical skillful game of soccer but the Atari 800 version and I gather the other 8-bit versions as well not only played horizontally top down rather than vertically for reasons unknown um, it was just awful it was a truly horrific rust job port I know that the Commodore 64 version was by a team called Enigma Variations who weren't always uh, awful I don't think Um, but I think this rings a bell yeah, but I think this was very much a cash-in rush job. Um, there was a version also for the NES, but yeah, there was, there were. Uh, it was just the most basic menu. The teams always wore one team was grey, one team was yellow. Single colour sprites. It was incredibly slow. It was buggy. Um, the goals didn't have didn't look proper. It was yeah. It was ju- it was you know. And I I'd spent nine or ten quid on this as a full price game, and it was a proper choker of a moment. Uh, so I was overjoyed and uh, yeah to finally get hold of what was clearly a completely different um, kettle of fish on on Amiga when I finally got to play that, and I was enamoured with the the ball physics were the thing that uh, really struck me at the time. Um, because most games up to this point and most games again now have the ball sticking to your foot. Mm. But not only that, but they they were very much um, sort of sprite-based entities with entirely hardwired physics, uh, such as they were back in these days. Even games like Match Day 2 with its diamond deflection system. God, I haven't um, heard that for years. <laughs> didn't quite have... Whereas it, this was a game where um, it, it really... It looked like the ball had been programmed as a separate entity, and this was something that... I always used to. Um, I did a bit of freelance QA for one of the one of Sony's Sony London Soho's. This is football games back in the early two thousands, and one of the things that I said that I thought was like wrong with this is football compared to Pez was that the ball felt like a a, a sprite that uh, you know a, po- a collection of polygons that had a preordained destiny, whereas yeah. in Pez and uh, and not FIFA back then, and and uh, Dino Dini's games. The ball felt like it had been programmed as if you as if you'd program a ball in a pinball game. Mm. So it actually reacted to you know like rolling up an an advertising hoarding or something like that. It didn't just yeah it 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 like felt like it had a life of its own. Sometimes perhaps for some players, um, novice players, maybe too much so. In that uh, yeah, this was the game that, as far as I know pretty much debuted the ball not sticking to your feet system um do you remember getting to grips with this uh at first and and you know was it when you first played kickoff one was it was it a shock to the system or was it something that you felt like you wanted to embrace straight away i think uh i think for me it was a a case of i don't know you you know the aspect where you feel like you need to get the better of something that kind of it's it's not you it's me <laughs> sort of sort of yeah. way of things um i'm sure the 
the most memorable aspect of it and I don't know if it if it applies to kickoff kickoff two as well but I remember it I think quite a lot with goal was the um the sort of two speed system as well that you could click in a direction and you sort of and but you could you could slow down you could speed up with it um and even with crosses you could sort of belt down the belt down the wing then sort of click back slow down a little bit get around the other side of the ball and sort of hoofing across and that that to me was was fascinating, and I, I wasn't as good at it as my mate Jeff, who used to uh, sure. used to batter me on these things. But um, because he was so good at crosses and bloody headers, more than anything. Um, but yeah, I, mm. I I think even more than the you know the 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 ball not sticking to the feet, it was that which was was the fascination. But looking back, I can't remember if that that did start with kickoff or if it was um, something that that really sort of clicked with goal yeah i mean I, I struggled with the original kickoff i was five to six years old um it was it was definitely tough uh trying to basically you'd touch the ball and then the, the trying to keep up with it uh, and keep it in play was something I, I definitely struggled with by the time kickoff two rolled around i was uh that a little bit older a little bit wiser um around seven i'd start to get the hang of things the, the controls were a little bit more tweaked, and I started to get a bit used to this, uh, you know, the the disconnected football sort of style of uh, of trying to master the control of a football. Uh, and, and growing up with equally aged friends who would be, you know, playing it, you sort of had to adapt because if you didn't, you know, it wasn't an option that you weren't going to play a football game. You were going to play it, and if you didn't improve, you were just going to get humiliated. Yeah. Um, so that that was sort of the the way that I started to really click with it was because my hand, at the age of seven, was forced <laughs> almost to 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 improve. And then um, obviously, by the time goal came round, it, it it felt a lot more a lot more natural. This this kind of game, um, sort of very much of its time. I, I would play Tecmo World Cup '90 a lot in the arcades, um, and it it felt very different. And I, I'd, I'd oh, yeah. sort of be back and forth between. Between these these football games and, and and my love of football was starting to come in really strong at this time. So it, it was a really good time for my development as a gamer. Um, where, you know, you know, these days you get so many games come flying out at you that that if something doesn't stick, you, you don't really seem to have it long before you you can move on to something else because you've got yeah. so many games of quality. And back then. There were there were some good games, but you weren't getting these things every week, so you really had the time to sit down and really improve on it. And uh, between so at some point, obviously between playing Kickoff One and Kickoff Two, that happened because by the time Kickoff Two came around, it didn't seem to be an issue anymore. I think there's a similar thing to uh, to what's been said about like old albums as well, where you'd really invest in sort of buying buying a buying a record and maybe it wouldn't click at first but sometimes yeah. those were the ones that you ended up loving the most because it'd be a slow burn or something in your life further down the line would 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 kick in and you'd, you'd start to sort of really find your feet with an album and I think in the same regard having invested you know not having much money and and having invested in something like that you damn well ran at it yeah <laughs> there's yeah, this yeah. feeling of like I I am going to get the best of you sort of trying to get over that that degree of oh, I'm not very good at this or oh, this isn't very good, and and then sort of when you do become good at it, that's the points where you when you bring your mates and you're like, oh, are you playing that? Yeah, we should have a game. <laughs> it's like thrashing them. I think the thing that kept us, me and my friends, playing, um, even when the 
you know, the, the learning curve was a bit steep. It's a little learning curb, really, with a B, um, in that it's that first time when you're trying to run up and down the pitch and, you know, not just run the ball off at an angle or, or run it off the by, uh, you know, the, the goal line and actually remember to hold the button down, turn inside um, or just get quick enough with, with your, with your competition pro, whatever you're holding, we'll talk joysticks a bit later um, so that you could, uh, you know, control the ball uh, rapid turns from, from one side to another and actually sort of, and, and learn that thing of kind of hooking the player around the ball so that they didn't just leave it behind them. Mm. And I think the thing that kept us going was it was one of the first footy games at home, at least that felt like um, it felt like there was a lot more uh potential for variety than what had come yeah. before it felt like there was more chaos it's the thing that you know kind of both Pez and FIFA are still sort of striving for even you know quarter of a century later and I love both of those franchises very much and I think they've both had some fantastic iterations over the years um, but they still tend to even if you muck around with the options the yeah. tactics the sliders the settings whatever else you still end up kind of conforming to certain types of gameplay and the matches even amongst completely contrasting teams can end up being quite samey and in fact if you watch multiple games of kickoff now it looks like they're all the same but back then it felt like there was the opportunity for far more broken play which is um which was something that you hadn't really seen before uh and yeah just you know the the sort of the chaos the the emergent moments the, the the of hitting the post and and uh or somebody sliding in at the last second and if they had the skill and the reactions you know you could do these most amazing you know massive slides across the pitch to block a goal bound shot um and and all this sort of stuff so it it felt like there was a bit more player agency than in other sports games at the time yeah mm. it's it's absolutely the first one i remember that sort of feeling of this is unique like um you, you, there, was, there was a real sense of dynamism about it and we've we've seen it in sports games throughout the years you know you mentioned them um another one that comes to mind would be pro evolution soccer the first one which mm-hmm. just you'd suddenly start playing and you're like, this is like actual football, you know, and you'd see these passages of play that were so completely different to what everything else was doing. And then Mm. I would say something like um, FIFA 08, FIFA 09, when they started bringing the skills in and you started doing these moves and and beating people, you're like, okay, this this is really smooth. And then um, for the largest period of time for people who maybe didn't reach back to kickoff days, for an example, would be um, FIFA's 12, 13, 14, et cetera, where if you played it online, you would, almost always see that same passage of play of through ball down the line cross uh, a you know a dirty cut back across the box and a tap in and you yeah. you see this all the time to mm-hmm. the point that you end up conforming to doing the same thing because that's what you have to do and obviously everything is of its time and getting that timing right is, is the, the most important thing and kickoff absolutely did because you know you would play it and if you're not seeing the same things it's very hard to get bored of it and you'd have those moments where you're running forwards and you try and do the turn and you lose the ball and then you do that crazy sort of zigzagging, trying to catch up with this ball to take yeah. it on the turn and you keep yeah. missing it. And you'd have those funny moments or you'd have these, you know, these long shots um, that you know maybe someone you'd almost never see because they weren't easy. And then you know they became more of the normal. But you could constantly change up the style of play in something like kickoff because of. I guess it was a case of its limitations at the time, and as games have got more complicated, people fall down certain paths. And 
Um, it's something that I've always admired, more so for Kickoff 2, because that's the one where it really started to click with me of, of how different things could feel. Um, but yeah, all too often you see these these sports games reduce themselves to, to whilst they can do a thousand things, you maybe see 10 or, or allow yourself to use 10, and, and Kickoff, you felt like you had the whole gamut of options because they were relatively limited, so you, you could use the entire range of them, and that, that was pretty cool at the time. Do you remember, we talked about this uh, with the Speedball podcast and also Sensible Soccer. Uh, there is the, arguably an issue with the whole vertically scrolling top-down thing is that, I, I don't know about you, but it always felt psychologically more appropriate to be kicking up. So yeah. if you're playing two-player, yeah. uh, well, in fact, even if you're playing against the computer, I think it switched you half time. So um, there was the whole kicking up, kicking down thing, which, you know, is is it, it's it, you're playing two halves, so it's, uh, so it's the same for both players. But that was always a, a facet, especially if you felt like... I, I, there was a little... I, I have a feeling the presentation in the first game was a little um, Dot Matrix-style uh, screen, like like a, you know an old stadium scoreboard type thing. And I think you tossed a coin uh, on that, as I recall, or I might be remembering one of oh. a million other games I played at the time. Um, but I, remember, I think... I remember the raster bars on the ST version. Was it like a, a flat... A flat pitch on the Amiga version. Yeah, it was different. Yeah. The the ST and Amiga. Yeah, we we should say there were three versions: Amiga ST and uh, MS DOS. Um, mm. I don't remember knowing anyone who played the MS DOS version. Um, but I don't know if that was the richest kids or the uh, or the kids <laughs> whose only computer at home was a business machine. But mm. uh, pr- perhaps some of each. Um, yeah, the ST version. Um, apparently, it was one of those games that uh, ran a bit faster. But um, yeah, to circumnavigate the ST's issues with scrolling. Um, they just left it as a simple uh, light green, dark green stripe pitch, didn't they? Whereas mm. the Amiga had a bit more um, texturing to it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the ST, the ST version probably could have made your eyes go a bit funny, um, <laughs> scrolling up and down, but I'm sure we managed somehow. Uh, we'll talk about some of the um, uh, ill-advised pitch variations <laughs> <laughs> later on. Um, I think in, in, in regards to you know uh, mm. playing up and down and, and the restrictions... That you you always wanted to kick up. Um, this is still true, and I think it's just uh, the fundamentals of uh, games design and, and personal psyche, which is why something like Crash Bandicoot, when you had the levels running towards the camera, were oh, always yeah. really difficult. And Mickey Mania. Uh, bec- because you there's that sense of foreboding or something where you can't really see what's coming until it's right oh, on yeah. you, and there's that sense in thing. Uh, a good example of a sports game would be the NBA 2K series, where... By default, it uses a left to right, but for people who really play it a lot, they always use the 2K camera angle, which is a vertical. Okay. And every time you cross half court, the camera swings round, so you're always going up. Sure. Um, and obviously, technical limitations, they couldn't have done that back then. Um, but there is absolutely something in, in fundamental games design that going away from yourself is always a lot easier than, than you know, coming, coming towards yourself. And, like... NBA 2K is a prime example. That, that's mm. a game that's released every year and it still does something that pushes you only going away if you use that camera angle. We coped, we managed. Uh, it was, you know, one of those things you accepted. Another thing I wanted to say about the sort of marketing of um, Kickoff was, uh, so it was published famously by Anco, the company of uh, a businessman called Anil Gupta, uh, who passed away early 2000s, I think. Um, and Anco were generally known for budget games. 
uh, and sort of lower end stuff. Not always of great quality, it has to be said. Um, but obviously they signed this deal. And uh, one of the things I remember about Kickoff was uh, it was released as a sort of mid-price title. So it was nineteen ninety nine, which for an Amiga game back then was cheap. Mm. Um, you know, budget games were tenner and full price games were twenty five to thirty five. So uh, so a twenty pound game that was getting rave reviews i think it got a zap gold medal the amiga version yeah, um about right. certainly a, certainly something like a 96 percent review in zap so that, i think that was the one that you know made me desperately want to desperately want to play it um so a 20 quid release for a game that had uh that didn't have much competition in the market at the time um i, I guess it probably did quite well but although nothing compared to what its sequel would do but then without this foundation and without people's affection for the original perhaps the sequel wouldn't have been the the titan that it became for a couple of years at least um and it still lives on the legacy as we'll we'll talk about later um did any of you have or buy the extra time expansion disc for this one i think i would have bought it i don't i don't sort of remember it sort of Mm. off the off the top of my head specifically but Literally, when you were when you were obsessed with these things, you, oh yeah, <laughs> buy all the DLC, have everything like that. Yes. But, um... So, children, uh, when expansions used to come out, we used to <laughs> go to a shop and buy them. They would sometimes come in a smaller box than the rather large cardboard boxes that computer games came in then. Um, and this one, yeah, indeed, came in a little CD jewel case, uh, although it was a floppy disk, of course, um, three and a half inch uh, plastic clad, clad floppy. Um, I can't remember much about it because we really didn't spend much time with this before um, Kickoff 2 came out. Uh, but it, the, the the key thing of note was that this is where Kickoff started having Aftertouch. So Kickoff did not invent Aftertouch as such. That probably goes to, although I'm happy to be corrected, but that probably goes to Micro Soccer and Sensible Software. Um, with its banana shots, which you could uh, which you you could um, tweak in the menu to uh, set how curly they would be, which I think we talked about in the sensible show, uh, to the point that if you had them at maximum, they could basically curl round back on themselves. Boomerang like a, shot. Yeah, God, I remember those playing. Yeah. Uh, so in, insane scenes, and obviously Micro's um, sorry sensible would come back in a couple of years and kind of rewin the market from kickoff but uh but we've covered that um so yeah that was that was uh what that added but i don't remember really spending much time getting to grips with it before um before kickoff 2 came out uh just for the sake of completion there was also a uh, a european only release for a possibly even italy only release of franco baresi's world cup kickoff uh, which came out ahead of the 1990 world cup presumably um in stead of or in advance of kickoff 2 which came out kind of in time or during i think italia 1990 this brings us in release order well it's a slightly separate topic in a way but it's not because it's embedded in kickoff is embedded within it and you could bring your team from this 1990 release player manager over into kickoff 2 so um amiga and st i don't think this one came out for dos could be wrong and for me this one was uh i can't actually remember if i got this ahead of kickoff 2 or i I think it would have been within weeks of each other um but time when you're 18 years old travels at a whole different pace um to when you're in your 40s um but this was very much 
uh, a dream come true for me and in the way that um you know Carl and I have talked before about uh we would still love to see somebody somehow uh mash up uh sports interactives football manager series and either uh Pez or, or FIFA to make the ultimate soccer game and in the way that I think um, it looks very much like Star Citizens trying to do with all the genres that I've dreamt about my <laughs> life. Basically it, you're flying a spaceship, you're a, you're, a, you're a guy with a gun, you can do everything in it. It's that kind of wouldn't it be amazing if they made a game where... So up up to this point in 1990, I'd played uh, a load of traditional football manager games. We, we were only eight years on from Kevin Tom's original tiny um, football manager that was a massive hit. Um, and here we were on a 16-bit computer with a game that was basically the full game of Kickoff 1 plus a comprehensive and compelling um, day-to-day football management simulation. Um not dissimilar to, although not quite as deep as the uh, the very first uh, championship manager, which would arrive in '92, a couple of years' time. So this was just amazing. I played. I have no idea how many seasons, but I only ever had one game, one save file, um, because it was the game. You start off as a 28 year old uh, early retire, well, not retiree, early manager, early player manager, um, something that was. You know, something that still doesn't really happen that often at high levels. We'd, we'd had Kenny Dalgleish back then um, in the mid-80s, had become a player manager. Um, but it's it's a rare thing at high levels. Um, so this kind of made sense that you started in, I think... There well, was... Ryan Giggs did it a couple of years ago. Oh, that's true. That's true. But not for very long. Not Please. on a permanent basis. Peter Reid did it at the, at the Blues, I remember. Um, ah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. That was that was probably early nineties. Yeah, true, yeah. Um, but not that commonplace. But a, a good concept to build a game around, and uh, and in this game, I think was it there were three divisions, um, like a top flight. This uh, obviously we're pre Premier League, but I think it was I think it was three tiers. This game had. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you go down from the third tier? I can't remember. Anyway, I'm sure you started in the third tier uh, as a 28 year old um, player manager and. Uh, and the point was you could play the action on the pitch in your position. Um, I can't, did you have a complete choice about where you could play? Did anyone ever choose anything other than <laughs> striker, main main playmaker, come goal scorer? I think I, I, I sat behind the front two. Yeah. Because uh, okay. at, at school I, I always used to play on the left wing, and so I, I think I, I enjoyed playing uh, behind the front two the most, but as the as I got older as a manager that would then drop back into midfield and then you'd slowly become like a sweeper and then an impact sub <laughs> <laughs> and then and then sort of uh, slowly going into uh, into management but i obsessed about this game i absolutely yeah. lost myself in it yeah I, uh, so I, I i'm pretty much sure started at 28 and by the time i stopped playing and moved on probably to sensible uh, my in-game character was uh, sort of Stanley Matthews' retirement age, at least. I think um, <laughs> it was it was barely walking. Um, fortunately, there was no offside in player manager, so <laughs> I used to just goal hang by the end of my career. Um, it was massively uh, sort of biased towards the um, the skill of the player in that. Uh, I would score, you know, 50 goals a season or whatever, as, uh, which, you know, when that sort of thing was uh, the stuff of fantasy, not something that Ronaldo and Messi would do every year. Um, 
And yeah, I, I guess I, so. I must have played at least 20, 25 seasons of this. And uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was just wonderful. And, and the thing I don't know about you, CJ, but the thing I remembered about it as much as uh, I'm quite up for uh, the drier elements of football management games. This didn't feel like that. This felt more um, because you were going out there on the pitch every week and because also the, the behind-the-scenes stuff was relatively pared back. It wasn't, like, super in-depth, although you could muck around with your tactics and all that sort of thing. This felt a bit more um, kind of uh, human than than some some of the more purely number-based management games. I mean, uh, the the thing that fascinated me at this point was 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 the opposite really how in depth it felt um because i'm sure i'm sure you had uh your main team and then did you have the reserves as well that you could look into um, um in this one possibly yeah i think so you could and, promote players couldn't you yeah yeah you, you could you set up yeah uh, so you could so you could see players that were coming through which i, I think is a is something um with my time in football games that I've never really seen um, a player come through the ranks that I could then sell on for a huge amount of money. Because even yeah. like sensible world of so- uh, soccer, you, you you never seem to make profit on players by making them better. Um, so I, I like bringing players through. It was fun looking at sort of the stats. The, the game would regularly tell you if um, players were not really playing in their preferred position, that you could adapt them into other roles. Um, and I know that I went a step further than this, that when I was when I was playing, I had a clipboard, which I'd drawn out all yes. the lines on this paper. Nice. And after each game, I would rate the players out of 10 as to how they performed. Super. And then even even in the, the immediate where you can go, oh, such and such is um, not really not really playing that well for me. And you can look across <laughs> across this kind of grid that I created, but like, oh, it was a seven there, it was an eight in that game. So what you were doing do? champ manager before champ manager came it out. essentially was. And the weird yeah. thing is I've never played championship manager. Well, that's exactly, um, that was yeah. the thing that was so uh, pivotal about yeah. why championship manager was so exciting because it gave you a sort of match magazine style player rating. And that was, that somehow just imbued everyone with so much more personality rather than just his stats are this mm. so he must be this good there was there was more it felt like there was more going on behind the scenes but the fact that you're there basically doing your, your coaching scouting role mm. um kind of makes it even more personal doesn't it because you can when you were playing the game and you were you know passing to other players and moving into position you'd obviously got that immediate of oh you you know the other player running onto it or the other player missing it or them playing like a, a good ball and you're remembering the immediate of you being there but sometimes when you were running back you'd see where the ball had been played or you know those of us that didn't goal hang um and who moved into like <laughs> defensive positions could could kind of see oh, I used to tackle back don't worry <laughs> could, kind of, could kind of see uh the pattern of the play a little bit more so as you as you sort of bridged yourself into purely management and you didn't really have the speed to uh to dart all over the place and you had to be more tactical about how you used the slowness that you'd then got um you could then see even even more of that that management side sort of unfolding so um, yeah i only got into goal hanging in the last sort of 10 years of my career <laughs> when i was in <laughs> Just my the last when 10. i was in my 40s <laughs> yeah probably I mean, the, still the, quicker than matt this year i played beyond uh, teddy sheringham you know <laughs> i mean i was i was looking into into the um the stats for the players as well and um clicking on the players you've got pace agility stamina resilience aggression and morale mm. and then you've got ratings for passing shooting tackling and keeping as well 
Yeah. So um, yeah, these are these are More little than things. Sometimes had, yeah. And I loved random names. I still like random names in football games. Yeah. Because rather than it just being like, oh, such and such is a good player, or I really like him at Barcelona, it'd be like, well, what's that guy like? And you'd almost do a scouting role because it wasn't a. You had no prior um, knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I I I like that a lot. Um, and I'd I rather to... that than than it being like you know Rain mm. Rain Wooney. Or, oh, yeah. you know, just, just yeah, yeah, yeah. these sort of slight adaptations of the names. Absolutely, yeah. I, I was into it in this game. I, I, I think for me it's horses for courses. I like games where they've got, you know, as many licences as possible and, and it's all realistic. But equally, I have had some great times with, for for instance, the original championship manager had no real player names, had no licences, mm. and, and it had exactly that effect. Um, and I think you could even play some of its... I think you still... Yeah, you could, still can, in fact, generate a game, can't you, with no real players in, in mm. the modern football manager game. So you don't have to play it with the oh, ridiculous right. level of immersion... Um, or you know, real world accuracy, I should say. Mm. Um, you can, you certainly in previous versions I've had, you could generate a, a new game with all fictional. Um, and yeah, again, it would in some ways it would take you out of it being a realistic simulation. But then I think in Player Manager, every game is red versus blue, isn't it? There's no kits or anything like that. Okay. Um, it's just your twenty-two identical little haircuts running about the place, mm. uh, occasionally seeing their feet. I mean, yeah, for for those who are listening to this podcast who are too young or not interested but interested to listen to our podcast for whatever reason, um, these graphics really were incredibly uh, simple by today's standards and they weren't, as I say, they weren't particularly flashy by the standards of 16-bit in 1989-1990. stroke they, These were pretty functional. Um, mm. They did a job. They... they, they were appealing um they were sort of cute not not without you know there was no no cutesy faces or anything um but in the same way that sensible soccer had that sort of charm these 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 were sort of predecessors to that but um you could see less of the pitch than you could on sensible that was one of the things that uh, that sensi changed was that they zoomed out so you could see a bit more whereas in this game i remember uh, and also, bear in mind, this was all single button control, so everything was done by how long you uh, held the button uh, or in what context you mm. were holding it. Um, and there were no like, there was no like triangle or Y for through ball back in these <laughs> days. The the through ball command hadn't even been thought of. So a through ball was kicking the ball to where you wanted the player to run to, not you know, not a preordained um, sort of concept. Uh, it it was again that perhaps this lent itself to its um, to this feeling of of being a bit more uh, open and and a bit less sort of pre-subscribed, uh, mm. uh, pre-scripted. Um, yeah, and it was yeah just completely. I, I I mean I don't know I I have no memory of how long one season would take in player manager, um, but I suppose you're looking at um, I think the matches were like six to ten minutes or something like that maybe ten minutes including you know tactical changes and that oh. sort of thing so um and it had had a concurrent cup as well just the one cup though it certainly didn't have any licensed competitions or anything like that absolutely no licenses but there were a few other um features to add color so you would get news stories and things like that popping up and stuff like that you get the board, recall. the board kicking in as well, like yeah. with, with assessing how you you doing. I think I I took my my uh, Sabutio and every other football game uh, 
in-game commentary into into effect oh, as yes. well. <laughs> like they're going up against it. It's down. They're running out of time now. It's across. The manager's moving through. It's a thunderbolt. <laughs> like running round the room, and you could hear like the coming <laughs> from the little telly. Those you know in the in the days before you you were spoiled with your Martin Tyler commentaries and stuff. That was that was how I lost myself in it. I must have my mum must be must have come up up the, up the stairs and doing various things and just hearing us on chuntering yeah, in these rooms. Absolutely. Like, well, well, that was that was yeah. part of the joy. I mean, yeah. it was it was so immersive, though, wasn't it? You create yeah. for, for what's not offered to you, you create in your own exactly, mind. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The um, imagination takes yeah. a, takes that extra step for you. Uh, it's it's something that that the likes of Championship Manager and then Football Manager did, and obviously they've become more advanced as as we go along. And um, the the there really was something to creating your own news stories about an injury or creating your own yeah. Um, yeah, stories about managerial unrest and 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 these these daft sort of <laughs> it in a, in a way they're not that daft because they do they do legitimately happen in real life, but but mm. implementing them to a game that absolutely had none of it. Yeah, uh, it's a little was, bit of, of, of mind as, drama. Yeah, I yeah still, it was I still at least that, as yeah. enjoyable as playing the game you set just for for the standards of the game in, in its own right. Also, when you when you got a player that you'd maybe brought through from from the reserves, and they score an important goal for you, or um, you you find a new formation and it works, or you beat one of the top teams, it was this huge rush. And especially when you're you're matching this to uh, a control system that you would, you know, you as we was saying, you you trained and planed yourself into. There was there was something of the athlete about it. It seemed there was something of that you know that team mentality, and you bonded with people that had also gone down that 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 same that same route as well. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, the uh, the commentating on your matches thing, uh, it, I can confirm that it's even more embarrassing when it's uh, when you're forty four and it's your thirty four year old <laughs> girlfriend coming in. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so this season, this series rumbled on for a long time, but it changed a lot. Um, there was a Super Nintendo port which was um, sort of console-ized by uh, Imagineer, um, and uh, it was quite well received. This is the Kevin Keegan, um, Kevin Keegan's player manager, so they got a, re- a fairly high-profile license and uh, stuck it on the box and and um, made the game work with uh, icons and and a control pad and um, yeah it did uh, it did all right and uh, again filling a gap in the market certainly in Europe and and maybe South America if it came out there um, obviously not a big deal in the USA or perhaps Japan at this point either but uh, as I understand it from looking at it it seemed mm. a little bit slower and the sprites were bigger yeah I think that's yeah, true sprites of- were definitely bigger I think that's true of all the console versions of of all the games we're we're talking about. Um, yeah, it was yeah it was definitely a, a a new version rather than a straight port. Put it that way. It was um, it had to had to work on the SNES in you know to the point that it would get the Nintendo seal of quality or whatever else, <laughs> uh, which just just means it functions. But um, and actually, we should say. Um, these games, all of them that we're talking about, were perhaps not the tightest when it came to QA. Um, obviously, we're back in the day with uh, it, it. Literally, was two people, Dino and yeah. uh, Dino Dini and Steve Screech. But these games often came out with a lot of bugs in. Um, I remember lockup bugs and graphical glitches and all sorts of kind of uh, quirks and foibles. No, none of which 
ever were enough to stop me playing. But um, there were, I remember having to reset the Amiga a few times and I was left with like a, I can't remember which game this would be, but um, like, uh, you know that the old Windows crash where you like see a million windows being redrawn over and over again on the screen um it was like that but with a player so it was just like you know, it was just kind of repeating its itself over and over again on the screen and uh, um no blue screens of death as i recall or uh guru meditation era as they were back then uh black and black and black and red screen of death i guess <laughs> yeah um but yeah this series lumbered on and i must admit i kept buying into it because i pretty much would buy any football game that would come out any manager game i guess hoping to try to recreate the magic of other things i bought player manager 2 on the amiga it was slow and dry and ugly and boring i thought um and i tried various uh, successes there was a uh, 98.99 one on, on ps1 and pc it came out again in 2000 this now it was being released by 3do europe not on the 3DO, but it was the uh, publishing side. Uh, then they got the Alex Ferguson license uh, eight years after the Kevin Keegan license and released it on PS1 and PS2. Uh, again, I think I gave that one a go, but it didn't stick. Um, they, they, they all tended to be um, quite turgid and laborious to play, as I recall. Um, never tried the GBA port, Player Manager 2001. Don't think it... Uh, was particularly successful. I remember there was a game called Steven Gerrard's Total Soccer on um, on PlayStation. Uh, uh, no, pre- no, GBA wasn't it? GBA, yeah, because yeah, yeah, that was quite that. well received. I think that was, it? yeah, yeah. Uh, even in two thousand and one, there was a sort of spin-off title um, by Anko called Play as Manager. <laughs> because player <laughs> manager is not clear enough as to yeah. what the role is. Yeah, I guess they were trying a reboot, rebrand type thing. Uh, and the last version was actually published by Ubisoft in 2003, Player Manager 2003. I'm sure those can be tracked down if yeah. you really want, but don't expect uh, any of the joy that we've spoken about from playing the Amiga ST original in 1990 mm. uh, and probably just play Football Manager. That is a franchise that really did go around the houses. Yeah. Um, and the last one I played was Player Manager 9899. Okay. That, that, that's the one that I any would remember. Any memories at all? Um, it, it, <laughs> It was a strange one because this was at a time when you had Ultimate Soccer Manager and you also had uh, a Premier little game League called League. Championship Manager as well. That were, uh, and yeah, the Gremlin and, one, Premier Manager. Premier Manager. Yeah, And and um, various others as well. Yeah, there, 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 were, were, there were plenty of others, there but I mean, loads, yeah. at, at this point it was suicidal uh, going up against Championship Manager, which yeah. just seemed to nail the franchise. And Ultimate Soccer Manager was a lot of fun and Player Manager was always the one that sort of got left on the side. I mean... When, when in Ultimate Soccer Manager you can bung, bung referees to, to buy your games and in Championship Manager you had yeah. sort of that... that I, I mean, it was unbelievably dry, but it was absolutely perfect for anyone who really wanted that sort of atmosphere and Player Manager really was sort of the one set out uh, that really wasn't invited to the party kind of thing. Yeah. And after that, that, that franchise was as good as gone, even with the Alex Ferguson licence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Even that couldn't do it for me. So no, that, that that the franchise for me died at Player Manager ninety eight ninety nine. Mm. Uh, yes, listeners, if if you are new to Kane and Rince and haven't gone through the back catalogue, we did a Football Manager slash Championship Manager podcast. Uh, haven't got the issue number to hand, but seek it out. Uh, it was a good, fun one to do, and it was well received. So yes, this brings us to the mighty kickoff two. 
the summer of 1990. Uh, Amiga, again, ST and MS-DOS. I think the Amiga was the lead version. Pro maybe it was programmed simultaneously with ST. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, so this added a lot of stuff, um, but chiefly the main gameplay element was the aftertouch uh, that, as I say, had debuted in the extra time data disc, but here it was uh, implemented, it was integral, it was fundamental, and it changed the game. Um, and it's probably what people most remember playing Kickoff 2 for mastering the bending of the yeah. ball, both up and, uh, you know, up in the air and left and right, uh, crucially. Um, and funnily enough, although, you know, we, we played this... Um, thinking feeling like it was you know one of the the greatest expressions of the sport of football at the time actually it's uh compared to like sort of uh tiki taka this was very much a long ball kick and rush game if you if you watch games <laughs> this, now this was the wimbledon rather yeah. than rather than the barcelona <laughs> but it was it was thrilling for all that and um yeah it was it was the 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 clicking of micro switches the creaking of joysticks um the you know actually playing to you to the point you were sweating because it was so intense so fast so skillful um and it was yeah it was this was like it, it's hard again it's always hard to get across um just what a big deal this was when it came out um it was one of those games where you walk into the computer game shop and see the box on the shelf and it would you get a little little buzz from it a little frisson yeah. i remember you know just the, the day of going to buy it again they they launched it at 1999 i think or maybe 24.99 and and that was i think it was 25 pounds because mm. i i it was <laughs> one of those massive stickers on the box that you couldn't peel off it's a lot of money back then uh, as well yeah. yeah it was a huge chunk of money but this this was for the longest time the game on mm. the amiga mm -hmm. um it, it it just seemed to in terms of its importance and its demand uh, seemed to dwarf everything yeah. It um, seemed to it seemed to push the, the the Amiga quite importantly ahead of the ST. I mean, I know the Amiga always yeah. had like the the sound chip and the scrolling and stuff, but this was the one where if you had an ST, as I did at that point, and then you went round to your mates who bought an Amiga for this, like, <laughs> and you and you saw yeah. like the stadiums and the and you know that was that was a a, a big deal of sort of mm. I don't know uh, the things that you had to do with your imagination of kind of imagining you got that that Wembley pitch just beyond the sides of the of the yeah. ST one and yeah. the, and you couldn't see the uh, the crowds on the far edges that this was it just felt really compact oh, and really right. like being yeah. in the stadium mm. yeah i mean this was the the the, the it, everything came together uh, this was perhaps although the amiga had already been around since the mid 80s this was the summer when the amiga kind of took over from yeah. the 8 bits as the number one format um yeah, like I got one that summer as an eighteen-year-old, and uh, it was just—it was just too exciting, just beyond. This, this is always the part where you get American listeners as well going, Amiga. What? what? Yeah. What? Well, I mean, yeah. But what uh, about the NES? <laughs> that's true. I think there's more familiarity um, than there was uh, from, especially our learned listeners um, yeah. about the, um, the 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 European computer game scene. But yes, uh, we were also getting. It was it was later this year that. Um, we started getting Mega Drives and or Genesis is, is, is if, if you like, um, but this was this was the sixteen bit nineteen ninety. I feel like was the sixteen bit um, sort of the tide turned towards sixteen bit from 
after years years of eight bit. Yeah. Um, obviously, was we were still ahead of the Super Nintendo here. Um, so yeah, I played this. Um, well, actually, I want to want to go back to um, one of the first sessions I had of this with the same friends again, uh, Neil and Simon, and uh, I'd got kickoff two. It was brand new. I was hugely excited, uh, and I'd obviously I played it a bit before they came round, and I remember saying. Cool. It's a bit, you know, it's a bit hard. It's a bit. It's going to take a bit of getting used to, and uh, it's a lot harder to score goals. You know, it's the same thing that comes up in every review of every football game every year. <laughs> uh, so, and I remember nipped out to the loo. This is at my old mum's house where she still lives today, and uh, came back in, and and the other two were, were completely, you know, involved in a game. I think we had some music on as well or something, so they didn't hear me come back in the room. And Simon, not thinking I was there turned to Neil and said, this is awful. And uh, and Neil, also not realising I was there, said, yeah, bring back kickoff one. And then just as just as he said that, he noticed I'd entered the room and he sort of added a kind of ironic chuckle because he knew they'd been rumbled. And, uh, and they didn't, you know, it's very sweet because they didn't want to upset me, thinking that I'd wasted my money on this terrible sequel. And I remember for the, for the next probably couple of weeks, me and Neil carried on playing it because, you know, we got, we got together for the next... Two years, um, we probably played this between two and four times a week for between three and five hours a time. This was this was our game, and for the for the first couple of weeks, we were not feeling it as the, as the cool kids say in the modern world. It was a challenge to get. It, it was not one of those games that just came in and it was like kick off two. This is the best mm. game ever. This was difficult. This was hard to get our heads round. But I remember one time we often used to. Um, during a session, we would pop down for a for a late pint at the uh, at the Parkview Pub, and one night we went down there. And uh, on the way back, I sort of said, "Yeah, we're still we're still not quite there, are we? But I feel like there's there's depth in there that we're gonna we're gonna uncover the more we play it." And and Neil agreed, and so we we carried on playing. And it was over the next couple of weeks, I think, that um we just you know we got we got better basically. We got better at playing it. We started to understand. Um, some of the skills required, I guess, got used to using the aftertouch a bit smartly, having to time our headers a bit better and, and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, as I say, we ended up playing it a lot, leagues and leagues and leagues and leagues mm. over, over the next two years. So uh, how about you guys? Yeah, I, I played a lot of kickoff too. Um, I, I distinctly remember the first time I played it, I was visiting um, my grand. She was down in Broadstairs uh, near Margate. And and I would stay there for a large period of the summer holidays. And uh, my uncle had a, a flat in this building that they were in, and he had his Amiga set up. The same uncle, I should add, that, that bought the Amiga in the first place. Yeah. Um, and I was sat in the room, and I was I was playing with Skid Marks, the game, I should add. Um, <laughs> and nice addendum. Yeah, and he he walked in. He said, "I have kickoff too, you know," <laughs> and. It, all oh, right, okay, where is it? So he got it out of his little... This is the day where you had the big plastic boxes with two channels of floppies, and you'd cycle through them all, and then kick off two, and he, he put it in, and we'd play it, and I was like, this is really hard. <laughs> this is really different, really hard, but those, I found it so appealing visually um, compared to the last one. Um, and because I was down there for... I mean, I would two, three, four weeks at a time uh, over the summer holidays, I I had nothing else to do but play this. So 
I'd sort of sit in this room for hours and hours and hours on end, just playing kickoff two on my own, and then I'd play a bit with my uncle, and it, it just became this is all I played over one summer, um, on my visit, and I, I just fell in love with it, and I've I've had the affinity with kickoff two ever since because it had that wicked learning curve, um, and whilst I say the first one was hard, this one was sort of it, it felt a whole tier of difficulty above but there was always that sense that if you become accustomed to it there's so much you can get out of this game uh, so many little things that you can do and you know we mentioned all the different passages of play that we felt could happen in kickoff they just sort of branched off even further in kickoff too and it, it felt so dynamic at the time and um i was a little bit older a little bit wiser on on understanding football and i, th- I think it was just the perfect amalgamation of everything coming together, um, and it, it ended up being really, really important to me. CJ, memories of kickoff too. I think it's worth worth stating here as well that um, obviously there's a there's a degree of putting yourself forward to the game and waiting for for the game to to, to find you back. But the first Premier League was 1992, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a lot of football on telly at that point. No. Um, so so. Us investing in a football game like this and seeing it on the big screen and being able to kind of uh, throw yourself into it and see the the, the glamour and uh, and all of those things that I think that was a big part of it because you you weren't as submerged in in all kinds of football as you as you are sort of from ninety two onwards. So um, yeah, I, I used to go around to my my friend Jeff's again and we we'd, we'd still just tournament this out and and just play it and play it and play it. Um, and I think I might have been bringing over my uh, my player manager team at that point because yeah. I, st- I was still playing that. So you'd almost have your yeah, your little your little bits that you could do yourself in the meantime, waiting for like the the big games that you that you get together. But um, but yeah, I, I it's another one of those that I just play to pieces. But um, I think that camaraderie that we've all talked about in our own little little pockets really does tie into the fact that you would try and get as much football as as you could whether that be you know playing down the park or um or, or playing these sort of games you, you you just want want more and there was a certain point that you couldn't get and this just made it more and more addictive to um to do yeah i mean it, it is it is a different world because like i you know i have bt and sky sports now i can watch pretty much any league that's going on in the world at any I mean, point there's USA, literally football Japan. on yeah. every night of the week now yeah any 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 country you name you can probably get some some football from it and actually there's most nights of the week now we've got extra matches on thursdays and fridays so we can probably pretty much watch even domestic football uh, most nights of the week but back then it wasn't the case and and i think that's right cj and an, another thing that this really uh, caught up with for me was this this was the game of Italia 1990 now mm. um actually that wasn't a great tournament in terms of you know for the neutral in terms of loads of great matches but it had a lot of stories and it had a lot of atmosphere and it had mm. Ness and Dorma and it had England's most successful um world cup in my lifetime up to that point and indeed up to this point um so as much as you know uh, uh, you know i get frustrated with the media harking back to like one or two um sort of 
successful moments in England's history. But but this was this was as an eighteen year old, this was absolute magic. Um, Brighton were about to have their during this point. They had one of their most successful seasons um, up until recently. Uh, that was one of their most successful seasons in the, in the, in the football league in the second tier as well. And so for me, it was just a great you know it was a great time of of. Of footy of being of mm. that age of going standing on the north stand at the Goldstone and um, being among it you know properly part of the crowd part of the atmosphere and um, so as well as well as that you know endless endless hours smoking endless Benson and Hedges <laughs> um, drinking endless mugs of tea uh, in front of my increasingly yellow Commodore Amiga um, I also associate because of the they uh, they used um, classic players um, so it was initial surname um, to get around licensing issues and it was all classic players but I still associate um, players like Johnny Rep and Renson Brink and Willie Brown and all these <laughs> players with kickoff, not with mm. the, their actual international careers, which is which is bad. And and one, one more memory I must share if I will and I was very pleased to learn that um, my friend Jim, who I've mentioned a few times, who lives downstairs now, he's uh, been a friend of mine since the late 80s we occasionally used to play computer games back in the day and he's uh, he's he's in and out with football he tends to be more in when burnley are doing well because uh, they're his team so uh, uh, and and coincidentally enough uh, this anecdote kind of relates to what burnley did to liverpool yesterday at the time of recording so uh, we went round for a multiplayer session with some friends and colleagues and flatmates and that sort of thing and i took my kickoff 2 disc to his uh, his place, his uh, his flatmates Amiga, and uh, and it was obviously it was like uh, it was it was going to be like Leon's got this game, Leon's obsessed with football, Leon's going to thrash everyone, and you know and we'll see how everyone else does. So true enough, uh, I played uh, this guy called Andy, who was always a bit of a figure of fun, and I beat him precisely 10 nil in front of everybody <laughs> uh not not 11 not nine precisely 10 and uh and the scores like this were not the norm in uh, in kickoff two at this point uh so it was like oh god you know who's next uh and i played jim my my, my aforementioned friend and uh he did. He did a number on me. He did the complete sucker punch. He did a smash and grab. He got. He beat me one nil, uh, and then he went to. I think the ta- tactics were called lockout or lockdown formation or something mm. like that. And it was just. It was that game. It was like Burnley Liverpool yesterday in August 2016 at the time of recording. N- you know, 19% possession and uh, <laughs> and one nil in this case. And uh, and I, me- I I mentioned this to him earlier, and and he said, Oh yeah, I remember it well. So he's not even he's not he's not that big into football he's not that big into computer games but 26 years on he remembers beating me 1-0 mm. at kickoff 2 That's his 1966 exactly, that's that's, yeah. that's his West Ham winning the World Cup moment isn't it Yeah exactly yeah So the legacy of this game is quite something um and I don't claim to be an expert on it I've done a little research and I've been sort of vaguely aware of the scene over the over the years and obviously in the in the internet age this is it's been easier to actually keep up with what's still going on how how this kind of flourished in the i guess in the the early internet days of the mid to late 90s i guess that's where it started but the kickoff association uh i've been uh, I've been having a poke around their forums, which is, they're still, I'd say, moderately active. Not not hugely, but there are some posts, you know, this week. Um, 
and it's interesting. It seems like a quite a friendly place, but there's a lot, as you'd expect, from a passionate community of a quarter of a century old game. Um, and by the way, I think there's a, still a match day community, which goes back an, another five years. So I uh, shouldn't be surprised, really. But there's a lot of discussion about politics, uh, you know, the politics of the game and of the association. So um, there's a lot of discussion about what rules and what versions people should play um, mm-hmm. to, for, for the best tournaments. And then obviously extending from that, there's 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 a community of people who play this online through emulation and, and you know, backdoor ways and means that you can actually still play kickoff. Obviously, there were subsequent versions, some of which are compatible with more modern computers. Um, but obviously, you can play this on WinUAE or, or whatever or on the original hardware. Um, and the scene lives on. There's a World Cup every year. Uh, I'd say the scene is biggest with, although this the Kickoff Association is an English-speaking forum, uh, it seems to me at least that the the, the biggest advocates of this game, the, the most passionate community are in continental Europe, but specifically Italy, Scandinavia and Greece. There seems to be a massive amount of love for, for Kickoff yeah. 2 specifically. Um, and uh, there's this guy called Gianni T., who ha- seems to have won more World Cups than anybody else, and he's still playing. Um, you know, this is like the sort of the veteran of the the, the, the fighting game community type of type of situation. Um, like maybe maybe new players are coming along with their young whippersnapper reflexes and hand eye coordination, but you can't beat you can't beat experience. Uh, you know, your your Daigos and whoever else uh, of of kickoff um, your Gianni T's. And, uh, and yeah, World Cup 2016 is scheduled for November in Milan. And uh, I kind of wish I was going. <laughs> I know it's something we alluded to earlier, but um, with regards to these games, what, what, were, you, what were you playing with? What, what, were your, what was your controller of choice? Uh-huh. Cool. Weapon of choice on this one was either a competition pro mm-hmm. or a zip stick. Yeah, zip stick all the way. Had to be a zip stick. I think those, those t- were those two actually just the same machines with different branding on though, because they were almost identical, weren't they? The zip stick had kind of uh, better buttons, I think. It had, um, it it had, had the... quicker triggers on the buttons. Right. Yeah, um, and often, often if uh, if something didn't quite go right, one of the excuses you could all do you could do was right. Yeah, I just need to just need to tighten my uh, my <laughs> micro switches. Um, yeah, but uh, the zip stick was a belter. Plus, if you if you if you got like a little computer desk in your bedroom, That's it. it was it was like you got your keyboard here, yeah. and then you got this little space where the suckers underneath the zip stick. That just was like, the key. Bang! See, and that, was, that those was suckers were the down. key. Yeah. They were a belter. As I mentioned yeah. on the Sensible Soccer podcast, um, you would get really into these games, especially when you're starting to yeah. really, you know, wrench on that swerve and. It, my my room became a bit of like the desk was a bit of a bone shaker. It'd be smashing off the wall <laughs> and it'd be rattling. So if that joystick wasn't stuck down, it it was impossible to play. I mean, I, I must have lost count to the time. I'd hear bang on the wall. Carl, stop all that banging. Carl, I'll tell you what was oh, what was an art stuck in this if game. you if you took your zip stick round to somebody else's house and they got a similar sort of computer desk and you were you were essentially not just controlling the game on the zip stick, but that was probably on a on a dinner tray. Like that was smack, it was, smack, yeah. smack down on a metal dinner oh, tray. So it's wobbling yeah. about all over your uh, your legs. But, 
Or you'd have to have a dinner cushion. tray or wedged wedged between yeah. the old thighs. There was well, a, there's a dinner tray and you'd have to have a cushion underneath or something to try and like add a, a little extra grip to it. But yeah, this is or, it. Yeah, and or, some, or somebody had used like one of those inhuman conic speed king things. Some which, some desks ugh. were less uh, less sucker friendly. Uh, yeah, I mean there were you know some people favoured there were there were many other sticks available. Um, there yeah it's uh, it's it's a bit of a different world back then because not only could you know, now if you see like third party controllers, they look very much like, you know, an Xbox or a or a PlayStation yeah. controller. But back then you had joysticks that looked like hand grenades, that looked like giant red bombs, <laughs> that looked like the Terminator. Mm. Um you could get all sorts of crazy sticks. You could get ones that you hand uh, held with a grip and it had a trigger and then it had a stick on the top um but yeah i favored i had a competition pro uh, and eventually the um i think i'd one with leaf switches and they eventually gave out so i ended up going on to a clicky nice clicky micro switched one i remember going i remember my um yeah i remember a fire button dying and uh, us having to uh, me and neil having to drive into town to go and buy a new one and uh, i got a uh, uh, an england uh, it was like a you know it was it wasn't official because you could just put out anything you wanted back then, but it mm. was like England coloured joystick and they had various other teams from the World Cup. So, Team. yeah, I had, I had a white when stick. When I had a button die, I had yeah. to learn to play with my other hand. Other hand, yeah, yeah. Well, and <laughs> that, that, that was the skill. Well, this is one of the, this is another interesting thing about modern gaming. Now, we're completely used, by and large, most of us, to playing with left stick dominant. But yeah. But when I used to play arcade machines as a kid, yeah. they often used to have a stick in the centre and buttons left or right, yeah. mm. uh, or sometimes only on the left. So obviously, I use the stick in my right hand because it's my dominant hand. So, yeah. uh, so that at some point that switched around. Now I was somebody who held my Competition Pro. I didn't stick it down, and in fact, I removed the top left sucker because it would irritate my finger. Did so the I, Competition Pro have? I thought that had like rubber grips on the bottom because that would slide uh, the, around like nobody's. There were various. There were various different models. Um, I had a, I had a clear, uh, clear see-through one with red buttons, and then I had mm. that white one, which was not white by the end. It was pure hand cack <laughs> and fag coloured. Well, if you're talking uh, about hand cack as well, one of the disadvantages of the Competition Pro is you used to get that cack between the edge of the button yes. and sort of the bit that attached to the joystick. So you might be like, you know, smacking down on the button and then it, there'd be a certain point where it didn't move and it was just stuck with this yep. kind of grim cheese. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and that the worst thing is the see-through one. You could see it all building up oh, on the inside. That's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> this there were different times. There, there were different times. These we know no better. Hey, Gumby over there. <laughs> uh, so, the kickoff legacy uh, started with a, a very swift kickoff two World Cup ninety edition, which I think was probably literally just a sticker on the box. I'm not sure. Uh, a few months later, there followed a one megabyte edition. Now, uh, everyone who was serious about their Amiga gaming at some stage uh, added a 512K fast RAM into the expansion pack on the bottom of their Amiga, unless they had a one meg machine. Um, and this uh, added in the very tricky to perform, and I don't think I've ever seen one scored overhead kicks, um, the uh, on-pitch referees who would come on and uh, book and red card players and some extra audio samples, um, Steve Screech being a Palace fan. I'm not sure if Dino Dini was, but Steve Screech certainly was a Crystal Palace fan. Most of the, the crowd audio related to Eagles and Palace, which didn't <laughs> go down well in Brighton, but we, we lumped it nonetheless. 
the Giants of Europe data disc came out, which added European teams and competitions. Uh, but the major addition to the kickoff two set, although there were more to come, was uh, the final whistle uh, in 1991. So this brought in some real player names. Uh, the offside rule, which was effectively ruin, would ruin the game by being completely non-functional for the AI of the players that were included in the game. So uh, as much as it seemed like a nice idea, I don't think anyone could have possibly played with this switched on. Uh, this also had the overhead kicks and the referee and linesman. This also added a physio. This was very exciting. A physio <laughs> who came on and shook his head if a player was too injured to continue. <laughs> uh, some additional pitches. So kickoff two came with normal, wet, soggy and plastic. Uh, plastic with its hilarious bounce and ridiculous texture. Um, but these extra pitches, well, Wembley was nice, Um Muddy was a hideous brown, like bright reddish brown, unplayable, as I recall. Uh, Bumpy was looked okay, but uh, led to some comedic bounces of the ball. Um, and then there was Icy, which was too bright on my screen to yeah. even look at. It was yeah, it was just, really painful. It was just like absolutely. Like I remember having some problems with NHL hockey and and its white rink being a little bit glaring. I know I could have just turned the gamma down, right? But uh, but this blue pitch on the Amiga was like neon electric icy <laughs> blue, and again, yeah, just completely. Uh, unusable um you, they added a couple of extra kit designs i think this one added the quarters and maybe the hoops or something like that to the roster of kits which was always good fun um slightly revised corners uh and um perhaps the most important thing and i've 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 now seen this being debated on the uh kickoff association forum the improved opponent ai so uh not just opponents but ai players as well so this disc made the game much much more challenging so we'd gone me and neil from thinking that kickoff 2 was uh too difficult and unapproachable to finding that our games were getting a little bit too uh free and loose and bear in mind that games generally in real life were not as high scoring then as they are now like regularly in the premier league and the championship, you'll get a few five threes and seven fours and whatever in a season. That stuff used to be completely insane in 1990. Most games seem to finish one nil, <laughs> and you would you would get the odd three goal uh, thriller if you were lucky. But um, so this game tightened everything up, and for us that was ideal. But uh, there is this debate on the forum as to whether whether people should play uh, play out endless one nils uh, in the final whistle. Uh, or, or stick with the kickoff two, the vanilla version, which if you watch, you can watch some of the um, recent uh, World Cup play from the high level players, and it's fascinating. It looks like I remember, as in the goals I remember scoring and stuff, but obviously it's just um, executed perfectly most of the time. But the games tend to be very, very high scoring uh, because there are lots and lots of exploits and things, and this locked a load of those down. So far fewer kind of, you know, set or gimme goals um, leading to tighter, tighter games. Um, for us, this was manna from heaven. Um, but I think for some, it kind of made the game a little bit too kind of, um, you know, uh, in the same way that some people find the modern Pez and FIFA games a little bit too kind of low scoring and a bit restrictive. Uh, so did you chaps get on board with, with the final whistle? For me, it was essential. 
Yeah, ab- yeah. absolutely. Mm. It was it was superb. Um, it, it it really polished um up any issues. Uh, it, I'm I couldn't have put my finger on exactly why I preferred it at the time. Um, being I was relatively naive more than anything, but it was definitely the one I played. Um, I remember. <laughs> Ironically, when you look through the list of things and you think, yeah, the real player names is really cool, and you know, you get a on screen referee and stuff, it was the extra kit designs. Mm-hmm. That it was th- those little superficial changes. Um, it felt like a more complete game. Um, and, and hearing uh, the crowd chanting Ole is, is yeah. was <laughs> always a positive, really cool thing. Mm-hmm. CJ? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, without remembering sort of the, the specifics directly, I was on board for. For all of this sort of stuff, and you know, it would it would rather than it being sort of, you know, in the days before ordering online and stuff, you would when when a game was due out, it would be getting on a bus, going to going to get it. If it hadn't turned up that week, you'd, you'd maybe go back next week. It's it, it, it was that that level yeah. of uncertainty, either that or ringing yeah. ahead and <laughs> and finding out if it was there and just seeing so, uh, sort of cross-eyed shop assistant who'd literally been answering the phone all day. Asking if uh, if sort of a a particular game or or something had come in, but uh, but yeah, I was on on board for all of these when you were when you were in for these things, you were you were most definitely in. At this point, they were releasing uh, discs every few months. In nineteen ninety one, we had a, a disc with more tactical formations on it called Winning Tactics. Uh, Super League is another one I don't remember. I don't know what that added. I don't think I had it. Uh, and then there was the Kickoff 2 Maths disc, which I don't think saw a commercial release. Um, I think it was given away free on magazines, including mm-hmm. Ace Advanced Computer Entertainment. Um, and that allowed you to tweak parameters, um, you know, muck around with the shot distance and, and aftertouch and stuff like that. But uh, obviously that's not the purest way to play, but um, the sort of thing that, you know, may have been included in, in future football games. One I did play... Uh, was the Mega Drive port Super Kickoff? Uh, so there was a, a Master System version and a Game Gear, there, therefore, of course, uh, but also a Game Boy version uh, and a Mega Drive version of uh, of Kickoff by Tier Techs for US Gold. Um, and this was the point. I think I think I got this. I think these versions started coming out in '92, but I'm pretty sure I got this in '93. And I think this was the point where I realised that after a year of sensible soccer, I couldn't go back to kickoff. It was perhaps the best looking version that I had of kickoff and the most fully featured and feature complete. It was a little bit slower, the Mega Drive version, with slightly larger sprites, as you mentioned. Um, And I wanted to love it, but I couldn't rekindle the magic, unfortunately. Did any of you, either of you, play any of the super kickoff ports? No, I was uh, I was I was lost to gaming at this point. I didn't do Mega Drive or SNES at all. I was making music. Of I did play Super Kickoff, but and this is quite rare on this show. I genuinely can't remember which version I played. It was mm. either I had one friend who had a Master System, mm-hmm. I had the friend at the end of the street who had a Mega Drive, and I had a Game Gear, uh, and I played it on one of those systems. If I had to guess, it would have probably likely been my copy on the Game Gear, but mm. um, it just yeah. it. it, it it just wasn't sensible soccer. That, that exactly like you said. By this point, um, that was an option to me. I had it on the Amiga. I had uh, the person I would go to as a childminder on the morning had it on his Amiga, so I'd play it with his son. Uh, had obviously sensible soccer on the Amiga. So 
everything revolved around now moving away from kickoff, kickoff two, etc., and certainly not even playing super kickoff because sensible soccer had just had mm. just come out, and it was it was just sort of quickly forgotten about. But I can't remember which version I played, but I absolutely one hundred percent played it. Mm. Yeah, I think one of the problems I had with it was uh, simply trying to play kickoff without the aforementioned competition pro joystick without a proper lever in your hand playing it with the d-pad yeah. was not easy um it would have I taken imagine, a, yeah yeah i mean i got used to playing we talked about the uh xbox 360 version xbla version of sensible world of soccer and i actually mm. thought they did a really decent job of um porting that onto the analog stick but that's a big difference to playing even even with that little bit of travel um on on the analog it was very different playing uh, to playing with a flat, you know, digital D-pad, um, it it just somehow felt very very different, very alien after all those years of joystick soccer. Um, so yeah, perhaps partly circumstantial. I, I think it was actually well received by uh, console review magazines at the time, the Super Kick Super Kickoff ports. So uh, I don't think it was anything that Tiertex did wrong necessarily. Uh, that maybe can't be said for the Super Nintendo version, which I've never seen, but I know is um, is not so well regarded. World League Soccer, also known as Pro Soccer, converted by C-Lab and released by, depending on territory, Imagineer or Mindscape, uh, Mindscape for the SNES. And also there was a Sharp X68000 version in Japan. Uh, I have no... I remember the box, World League Soccer. I don't even... Remember if I was aware that it was a kickoff port. <laughs> so, and obviously this is not to be confused with the World League Soccer series that came later yeah. on the PlayStation and then metamorphosed into the UEFA Champions League uh, series, which was a separate franchise. So this brings us on to the last, or maybe we should say the penultimate, uh, real kickoff game. Let's say it's the last real kickoff game. This was Goal a game by Dino Dini. Uh, this was advertised with the ever so subtle uh, use of highlighted coloured letters on a press advert, um, the real kickoff three in amongst the text. I think it said <laughs> the real kickoff three or this or something like this is actually kickoff three or something like that by Virgin, who were often cheeky with, with their, their press. Um, looking at interviews with Dino Dini now, he to be honest, he still seems quite... Um, traumatised by his treatment by Anko um, as regards to Kickoff 2, which which sold a lot of copies. Obviously, it was pirated millions and millions of times, and that's, you know, that, that was just true for any computer game. It was the nature then. of the beast for the Amiga, wasn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. But nevertheless, uh, people like me, I went out and bought it. Um, I bought me data too. discs. I bought, I had the original cut. I loved the, I loved the pencil art on the box even again, though it featured, seemed to feature Vince Hilaire from uh, Crystal Palace. But uh, um, yeah, he'd made a lot of money for Anko or his game had, and uh, they'd won Indian awards and golden joysticks and, um, yeah, seeing him interviewed now, he seems quite bitter about it, although he says, you know, RIP Anil Gupta and all that. Um, but he clearly, he'd started work on Kickoff 3, assuming, I think, at the start that it would, you know, continue to be released by uh, by Anko. But as it turned out, Kickoff 3 was uh, coded mainly by his former, uh, you know, creative partner, Steve Screech. We'll talk a little bit about that one in a minute because I did play it. Um, but this was... To all intents and purposes, Kickoff 3, it continued the top-down scrolling, but it now had uh, 
uh, a uh, camera that could change to a more zoomed out view. So you effectively had the sort of choice between um, a sensible soccer style view um, and it would change dynamically, wouldn't it? Depending on the situation the game was in. Yeah. I think that's right. Could you, I'm sure you could, you could choose which, I think so. which direction you could do. Cause I, cause I remember uh, the last that I was, I was dating at the time, her brother, I took him on at it mm-hmm. and, hammered him in the in the regular mode but he or he played in the zoomed out i think he might have played in the no the, the side on version oh, whichever right. whichever okay. wasn't like the the popular one he played in that oh, okay. i think I, I we yes we, yeah we uh we sort of had a few frames of that as well but, i um, see yes mm. no that's true it did it would also go yeah horizontally as well so um yeah great great idea uh now I bought this as soon as it came out again hoping to recreate the magic of kickoff 2 and um I liked it. It. Uh, I don't remember which order I whether I played this before Super Kickoff or or what, but um, I remember it being again very buggy, uh, having a lot of uh, issues, um, sort of uh, quality assurance wise. And again, um, I recognised its quality, and part of me wanted to get good at it, but I was still fully immersed in insensible we had uh, i think fifa was around the corner at this point uh, i didn't know that actually the initial releases of fifa wouldn't be tremendously fun to play as as far as i remember it anyway but uh um so i didn't spend nearly as much time with this as i should have done uh so this came out amiga st and again ms dos but i understand that you chaps both did play this in a big way this was this was massive i, I don't think you can underestimate the the build up for this when it when it was coming out, I think Virgin had like wall to wall adverts across yeah. like every single magazine. The anticipation and the build up from all those kickoff games were were huge, um, and I I put loads of time into this. I, I it was another one of those where it just continued. I presume I must have been playing Sensible at the same time, but mm. um, to say that there's no well apart from kind of the X Xbox Live Arcade version of Sensible World Soccer, there's occasionally there's there's no football games in my life at the minute and you it was just a case of just playing everything at this point it was uh but yeah i, I played this to pieces i mean <laughs> i absolutely hammered goal mm-hmm. um but i wasn't aware that it was technically the next kickoff game i didn't even realize for the longest time that it was by dino dini or as i used to call him back then as a Dinosaur obsessed <laughs> youth, Dino Dini, um, and I just ended up falling in love with it. The best compliment I could play is that it got me back away from sensible soccer, um, which I don't know if that necessarily comes across as like a backhanded compliment or whatever. Yeah. But it, it's like I absolutely adored yeah. goal, um, and it's something that I played for a very long time. Um, it, it just felt like with each iteration that these football games were getting technically superior. Mm. And given that I didn't know that it was by the same designer, etc., I remember distinctly thinking, wow, this really blows kickoff two away. Like this this is just where did this game come from? Mm. <laughs> Which is ridiculous now, but obviously, you know, CJ mentions the advertising and whatnot, but if if you're away from that 
these games didn't have the presence that they do now. It was a completely different mm. time. You could literally load something up, and you know, I, part of me is ashamed to admit that Goal was a pirated game that I played. Yeah, otherwise you'd um, have seen his name right there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and whereas I'd bought the previous ones, this was just one that um, just copied because it was a football game. I thought I'll play that, and I put a phenomenal amount of time. I started doing the, like the proper management side of things and playing it properly. By this point. The Premier was, League was, was going. The, what was the management side of it? Was just, it how, just, how deep did it run? Um, not as deep as Sensible World of Soccer, mm. but you know, it, it was just like this was the first time that I could sort of control where I, what I wanted to do on the pitch with my players, and um, I felt like I was properly involved in playing the role of a football manager, mm. um, as opposed to playing the previous ones where, you know. Play and get it to the striker and score, and there was no sort of sense of realism in my mind about going to it. But by this point, nineteen ninety three, the Premier League was underway. We were starting to get mm. a lot of TV coverage. I was starting to become truly engrossed in football, uh, and this was the game that just absolutely captured my imagination. Uh, I, I always remember uh, this this daft story. I'd been playing Mortal Kombat. Uh, just to take this on a complete tangent, and I'd been trying to figure out in my mind all the fatalities in Mortal Kombat, and the last one that I couldn't figure out was Liu Kang's, and then one day I discovered it by accident, which was forward, half-circle, back, forwards, and attack. And I remember thinking I was the coolest guy finding, like, no one else knows this fatality <laughs> kind of thing, so I'm going to go into goal, and I'm going to input a cheat Right, so mm. here I am. <laughs> here I am, just trying to make up this cheat, and you know, just being da- a daft youth. Then all of a sudden, I start playing this game, and no one can beat me. Not the AI can't beat me. I'm scoring what? goals, keeping clean sheets, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I have definitely inputted a <laughs> cheat. <laughs> and, and to this day, that is always what I think about uh, with goal. Even though I put a phenomenal amount of hours into it, that is the because I know how ridiculous it is now. As a 30-year-old. That's excellent. Completely it, deluded. It's just a complete delusion of mine <laughs> that, I, that I managed to input this make-believe cheat and become, you know... Was hey, it the same as Liu Kang's... There was, it was probably... It probably was exactly the same thing. But, I, you know, they say the power of, uh, you know, a, a strong mentality. I mm. think that's all it was, is mm. I'd convinced myself I'd inputted this cheat, therefore I could not be beaten. Um, and I... I just and I was <laughs> I went to bed that night and I was afraid to turn the console off because I thought I won't be able to <laughs> I was afraid to turn the Amiga off because I thought I won't be able to input this again. Your um, mojo was contained yeah, in there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It, silly, silly story, but yeah. Looney. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I really wanted to love it because I gotta say that um obviously we you know we talked top to bottom sensible soccer on that podcast, but as much as I loved Sensi, I definitely did there was something about the feel and the sheer carnage and chaos and challenge of kickoff that I did miss. So I did want to love goal, but it just, yeah, it's just been along with super kickoff goal and another game we'll talk about in a bit. It's just been, for me, it's now been, you know, like a quarter of a century of attempting to get back to kickoff and just not, not having it. My brain isn't, you know i understand the desire for i understand the excitement for you know kickoff revival and stuff but uh it just i just can't go back there whereas with sensi when sensible world of soccer came out on xbla i could i could still do it i could still play mm. it uh the, the kickoff is just the, the way it controls um the the 
the demands it makes and particularly as i say just as much as anything that um that requirement for the joystick or obviously i was using something similar for goal uh it's just all it just makes it a, a, a slight bridge too far for me but that said you know maybe if i if i went to one of these tournaments and presumably there's um you know lots of uh fun friendly casual play going on around the edges of the actual competition it would be interesting to see if i could uh transport my brain you know back into 1990 yeah. to 92 mode to play those games again and just pick up that competition pro or whatever and uh, zipstick and and i'm sure it would, that magic. something like that would be such a hoot you know even even though it's incredibly difficult to kick off to like you say mm. these these days it, it feels awkward but i think in in the right place at the right time you could still have a lot of fun playing it um and you know, it's like I'm aware that that personally, I think goal was a better game than Kickoff Two and right. and Sensible Soccer and Swass for, for sure felt like better games for me. But there's just there's something that Kickoff Two did at that moment in time, yeah. Um, in, in my life, that that that's always the one that is is so keen to me, and I'm not sure. I think the only time that would recapture that is if I had surrounded by a lot of people who were also loving kickoff to it and you were playing like social games like that a competitive mm. environment kind of thing i think that that would be the only time i would truly enjoy playing it nevertheless the game did well enough uh to get a console port uh now as i understand it the mega drive version was well received the super nintendo version is quite different the ball sticks to your feet and dino dini who has his name on the box because it's been uh, it was changed to dino dini's soccer such was you know recognition of that developer back then um but the snes version is not something that he is proud to have his name associated with uh so if you are inspired to go back and check any of these games out uh go mega drive not snes in that case uh and i'm gonna say from my personal opinion don't go kick off three at all <laughs> 1994 this came out so uh this was post uh, Dino Dini, Steve Screech was uh, the lead on this one, having worked on the predecessors. Um, I think the split was probably acrimonious based on rumblings that I hear mm. now. Um, as you couldn't imagine it being amicable, could you? Yeah. You, you, you're second in command, basically, going to create the game to rival on the franchise that you cr yeah. created. Yeah, and he was obviously happy to stay uh, you know, working with Anko, and Dino Dini was not... Um, but I don't know the details, so I don't want to speculate too much. Um, I remember buying this for Amiga just simply because, not because it's Kickoff 3 and I'm an idiot thinking that sequels are good because they're they're in the same series. I knew I knew what was what, um, but it got a really, really good review in CMVG. Now, uh, CMVG was, uh, this was the era of CMVG when Rise of the Robots also got a really good review. So... <laughs> uh so it uh i thought it was rubbish it was it was uh slow buggy kind of just really dull lack of variety um in in gameplay um yeah pretty turgid really so naturally i thought oh maybe it's just the amiga version that's rubbish i'll buy the super nintendo version oh, <laughs> oh man uh and for punishment. it was uh it was slightly better looking so yeah, that that did either of you go kick off three? No, no not at all. all. So you both knew. 
both knew. Luckily, more, had... more through luck, I would assume that I was just playing yeah. sensible worlds of soccer. There was a screenshot. There were there were a couple of screenshots in magazines that made it look like a really exciting game of football. Do you know they would they were just composed as such. And I think they were literally composed as such because there was no way that you could recreate the action that was in these screenshots in the game. Uh, there was like more animation, more things going off, more more dynamism, more sort of, you know, just the suggestion that exciting passages of play had just happened. And yeah. uh, and I think, you know, I don't think they were even kind of, yeah, I think I think they were what's known as bullshots. Uh, mm. So yeah, uh, all very unsavoury, and yeah, about hundred quid of my money. Oh no, I think I think I might have sold one of them to fund. The I other. hope you did. But the the Super Nintendo version was, you know, it was a full price game. Um, fortunately, I didn't go. I didn't try the, you know, go for the hat trick and get the Mega Drive version <laughs> as well. Maybe uh, that one is the better one. Fortunately, I was. Uh, yeah, maybe it is. Uh, fortunately, I was uh, earning money by this point, being in my early twenties. But even so, I wasn't flush, and uh, I wasn't best pleased. I anyway. think I'd, I think I'd moved away from the Amiga at this mm. point, and I was playing Striker on the SNES. Yeah, I had Striker at this yeah. point by Rage. Um, I was probably just happy playing that one. Yeah. Anyway, the franchise lumbered on also because uh, Anco obviously they had brand recognition, they had the name. Uh, so uh, developed by a team, I understand, a developer called Toka No No. I know. Mm. I know nothing. No. Kickoff ninety six, Kickoff ninety seven, and Kickoff ninety eight all came out. Uh, the ninety six version was on Amiga, uh, but after that, it was Windows PC only. Uh, I avoided these ones, and then following that, uh, Kickoff World, which was based on Kickoff ninety eight, uh, I think, uh, came to PS one, released by Funsoft. Um, I've only ever watched a video. It looks like the kickoff games from that era not something i'd have wanted to play when we were in uh, a world of pro-evolution soccer and things like that by yeah. this point it's yeah it, it was a, i remember seeing this one on the shelves and thinking at the time it's a tough ask because you know we've got visu- visually games like actua soccer which was sort of, mm. you know really starting to Exciting. blow stuff away yeah. visually and uh, and to go back to something like kickoff world was just uh yeah so one I did give a try to, uh, and this was the last time that I thought, right, I'm definitely not ever going to be able to get back into kickoff, uh, was kickoff 02. And this looked very promising. So what they did was they uh, they took the artwork from the kickoff 2 box and stuck a zero in front of the, in front of the two, um, released it on PC and Mac in a DVD case. Um, uh, this was uh, Steve Screech again. Um, 2001, he started working on what was going to be called Ultimate Kickoff, uh, and this was uh, in association with the Kickoff Association, which uh, we talked about earlier. So this was kind of based on feedback and demand from the Kickoff scene. Unfortunately, it tanked, sold five thousand copies, one of which was to me, and I have photographic evidence that I, <laughs> I own this. Um, and it was like a, you know, as I recall, it was a nice-looking version for the time, early two thousands on PC, of Kickoff Two, uh, but. Again, it just it just didn't grab me, and I can't remember what I probably would have been trying to play this with something like a Sidewinder controller and Microsoft Sidewinder before before Microsoft had worked out how to do pads. Mm. Um, so again, that would have been an issue. You couldn't just plug a nine pin joystick into the back of a PC easily then and play. So 
Um, I gave this a few matches and then sloped away. Uh, a sequel, Kickoff 04, reached a beta but uh, wasn't released. And Anko closed down in 2003. Um, I assume of those 5,000 copies, neither sold to you? Two? Nope. No. I honestly, at this point, I didn't even know Kickoff Auto existed. It's worth a look. It's it's interesting because it, you know you're talking about how Goal kind of moved things on. Well, I think Kickoff O2 attempted to do the same, but obviously, I think I think the ship had sailed by by 2002. Yeah. I don't know how many people play this among the Kickoff Association, but from my my brief look of their forums, everyone's just playing Kickoff Two. So, which brings us with a heavy heart, to 2016. Last time I spoke to CJ uh, before this, I think, was uh, in advance of release of Dino Dini's Kickoff Revival. Mm. Uh, Mr. Dini's been, you know, front and centre, doing press, doing social media, uh, making this game for PlayStation 4 and PS Vita uh, under the name of Koo Games and published by the Digital Lounge. Uh, the game came out in time for Euro 2016 and uh, received reviews averaging, according to game rankings, 25.71%. So, CJ, you bought this day one, day and date. You were looking forward to this. I got it the, the, the day before release. You got it. Uh, I managed, to, managed yeah. to get like right. a, uh, an early copy arrived through. And... Um, didn't click with it sadly um and i didn't know if it was the uh at that point if it was the game or if i'd just kind of moved on from from mm. memories of of that uh that level of community and um planing and training that i that i mentioned earlier but um it, again it was it was with a with a heavy heart i kind of wandered yeah. away from it and i'm sure you said that there's been patches and there's there's other things incoming so i I'd, I'd like yeah. i'd like to see it sort of um you know, to take a, st a step up, and but I, I don't know. There's a dichotomy between me today and the one that that sort of obsessed over these games as a kid, and I'm, I'm not sure there's a there's a coming together. Although I, as much as I'd, I'd I'd like there to be. So, it looks like kickoff in screenshots, and I think a lot of people were excited for a game that you know stripped things back, took out a lot of the complexity of. Uh, modern FIFA and Pro Evo, which do demand a lot of knowledge and a lot of uh, practice to just know how to do a lot of the basic stuff. Unfortunately, um, Kickoff Revival became a bit of a laughing stock when, uh, to explain how to play the game on the day of its launch, uh, Dino Dini was releasing flowchart, uh, these long, expansive PowerPoint explanations of how to play the game kind of completely undermining the entire concept as far as i could understand um you intend to shoot do you have the ball yes press the button with stick direction no need to tap no are you in possession no you need to gain possession yes tap the button uh and this is just one there are there are pages and pages of this stuff uh and this is i don't think that's what people wanted i think what they wanted was you know single button um, immediacy and and accessibility and something that was basically played like the memory. We sometimes talk about games looking like our memories of them, and I know that's uh, that's confused some people. Because, but I know what that means, and I think we wanted 
uh, if I may speak for the entire video game community, <laughs> uh, I think we wanted a game that played like we remembered uh, kickoff playing, and mm. it sounds like that's not that wasn't your experience. However, I mean, to, there, there were there were people that I remember seeing on social media at the time, people that you know to play devil's advocate, like right. super clicked with it. Okay, um, and and seeing those sort of you know pop up was was, was nice to see, but um, yeah, I don't know. I remember the the Metro review and the video gamer review and um, Mr. Of, Biff, Mr. Yes. Biffo having um, a yes. little bit. of bit of fun yes lots of two mm. out of tens um a, a five from brash games whoever they are forgive me i don't know but the six asset axis god is a geek playstation Un universe metro and video gamer all gave it two with even push square the dedicated playstation uh resource only giving it a three but i do want to say in fairness to mr dini who uh who despite my uh the idea in my mind as a youth he was a very um uh sort of um, flamboyant Italian man uh, although I assume he is of Italian uh, extraction he is very much a very uh, well spoken English sounding gentleman from, from England I believe uh, or at least brought, brought up in England. Bristol um, isn't he? He was born in Bristol. Bristol. Okay yeah there you go um, he has since done at least one title update for Kickoff Revival which uh, which according to one Kane and Rince community member has improved things significantly um, and hopefully there will be more more in the works. So keep keep our eyes on that one. It's uh, I guess it's likely to turn up in um, digital sales on on Vita and uh, on PS4. So uh, yeah, right. Let's hear from our community. We got a few posts on kickoff. Uh, understandably, not tons because it was an awful long time ago. Uh, Sean S. Thomas says, I don't think I can add much to this one, but just to acknowledge my age, if nothing else, I want to say, man, did this game cheese me off. I had it on Master System and could just never grasp it. Sensible soccer, fine. Actual soccer, great. FIFA, sure. I was used to some weird angles on screen and loose ball control, but I just never mastered this one. The ball ran away from me, shooting seemed one-dimensional, and I never, ever could manage to look at the pitch overview radar. My mates all loved it, though, so maybe I just sucked at it. Maybe you did, Sean. Uh, I spent uh, my entire player manager career almost only looking at the radar um, <laughs> to make sure I was in front of the goal. Uh, yeah. No, in a in a passing position. Um, <laughs> Can't leave that six-yard box. Yeah. Grin, chin, chin, Jimmy Hill. Mm -hmm. uh, now we have a great post uh, from Omar C, who I know signed up especially to uh, to post about kickoff after we uh, put a call out on Twitter. So thanks, Omar. Omar says. I remember reading so many positive reviews of Kickoff, but I couldn't afford the £25 or thereabouts when it was first released. I eventually picked it up for my Amiga 500, probably a year after release, for a very reasonable £7.99, including the standard Kickoff game plus Extra Time. Extra Time was a data disc, the physical way to patch games way back in 1989. It added different pitches, wind strength, tactics, etc. That's right, wind strength, I remember that. Kickoff was decent fun for one player, but limited. Much better as a quick-fire two-player game. It was an incredible breath of fresh air to football video gaming. We hadn't been used to this level of pace and not having the ball glued to the feet of, the, of your player. Really, though, Kickoff was a work-in-progress version of the game that so many people in the early 90s played, Kickoff 2. Tightened gameplay, more options, more for solo players to do, but still fantastic for playing your mates. There were also a few follow-up data discs for Kickoff 2. One of those expansions, Winning Tactics, had a very Crystal Palace flavour to it, with some sampled chanting from Selhurst Park. 
plenty of eagles eagles during the games. The kickoff series was the first set of games that found me needing to replace joysticks as so many would break due to numerous sudden changes in direction. In the two to three years I played kickoff games, I rarely played anything else, and I must have had to replace more joysticks in that time than any other games controllers during my gaming life. Says something about the kickoff games, but perhaps more about the quality of joysticks back then. I do have the recently released PS4 game, Kickoff Revival. It didn't impress me at all when it was rushed out unfinished to be available during Euro 2016 with very limited options and particularly strange quirks. It has been patched recently and it is significantly better now. Still not amazing, but improving. That's where I got that information from. Thank you, Omar. Credit to Dino Dini. He is very visible and he is trying. The core game control isn't to everyone's liking. Personally, I'm not a fan of how player control and speed is handled with the PS4 thumbstick. However, there is still the general kickoff vibe about it that I enjoy and reminisce of years spent playing the original series on my Amiga. That's a really eloquent and, and really heartfelt review. I like that. I know, we get the best posts. Keep them coming, everybody. And also your three-word reviews. Follow us on Twitter at Kane and Rince. CJ? Uh, Alex Dola says, kick Sorry, chase, kick, chase. It doesn't matter which one. Yeah, it's kick, chase, kick, chase, kick, chase. <laughs> Snood the bubble says, 100 meter slide. Retro Asylum, they also have a podcast if you like talk about old things, video game wise, says, academic career damaged. Omar C says, many broken joysticks. Wes Foster, halfway after touch lob. And Dino Dini, yes, that one says, the big monster and he gave us a winky face as well thanks dino for responding i don't know if you'll listen to this i hope you do and uh yeah keep working on on uh kickoff revival uh so to summarize i'll go first and that's i don't know why that is um i guess that's because i feel like well i didn't play goal as much as these two guys for a start and also because as much as i've tried to go back and I want to recreate that magic from 1990 to 1992, which is now really a very long time ago. You know, some of our listeners won't have been born when that stuff was going on. Um, I haven't been able to reignite the kickoff flame. Sensible Software came along and did it with their soccer game for for me. And while I I, I reiterate that there were elements of kickoff that I miss, that I missed then, and I still miss in some ways. There were there were there were certain feelings of playing that game. The absolute explosion of ecstasy and delight that would come with a goal because it was so damn hard to score them, especially by the time you were playing kickoff two uh, with the final whistle uh, expansion on it. It was a proper challenge, and as you all know, if you've been playing, uh, you know, tight competitive games with a best mate for months on end, and you're in the mode where you know that the next the next win will will secure you your league title the latest the latest league you've been running there's nothing else quite like it and no amount of 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 modern pez and fifa and online play as awesome as i think those games are and as much as many hours as i put in there will never be anything quite like those again but equally as we've discussed i think at some length i think this was a lot about the time, the time it was, both in terms of the way the games look, the way they play, the time they came out, the zeitgeist. Um, I think they're very, very hard to go back to, to the point that I've tried 
most recently just over a decade ago and and bounced off yet again so i didn't want to go back for the podcast because i know what the the result will be Mm. Um, but i wanted to share those memories with you and i hope that's been fun but uh yes i think everyone move on play sensible world of soccer on xbla if you want um but actually just get fifa and pez 17 and see which one you like the best because i love those games (laughs) well i'm assuming i will carl how about you this is the show I've wanted to record for a long time because Kickoff Two is such a huge part of my youth. And whilst I thought was thought Sensible World of Soccer uh, was a better game, and there were games in the arcade that I perhaps enjoyed more, and then you know throughout the particularly the two thousands, uh, uh, we had a ridiculous number of very high quality football games, and now we're at the point where we're at two, and thankfully they are both a lot of fun to play but kickoff 2 regardless of not being the best or necessarily even my favorites is the one that's most fun to me for the the, the memories mm. uh, of of playing it for years at a time and it sort of it it sucks in a way that it's not that enjoyable at least for me to play now um but sometimes our memories are best left that way, um, and to think back and recall on on these days gone by of creating your own commentary and running around the room like a lunatic and playing <laughs> your friends and sitting on a couch and you know doing the old carpet knee slides at a ninetieth minute winner and you know getting ridiculously carried away. Um, uh, you know they they are memories that will you know live with me. Well, at least until I lose my mind. So <laughs> it's weird because you can't really, I can't honestly can't recommend playing it. Um, and as Leon said, if you really want to play a quality football game that is 3D, then you can't look past Pro Evolution Soccer and, 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 the, and FIFA because the memories of how I remember Kickoff 2 playing are there to see an experience in every game of FIFA and Pro Evo now. Um, so, yeah, that's the way to go. Cheers, Carl. Let's conclude with uh, CJ. And these these games were um, a big part of, of my growing up, uh, obsession with football transferring into uh, into playing them and then, I guess, onto, onto Sensi. Um, game-wise, I wondered just how much I focus myself into them in these days before Premier League and, and uh, football was everywhere. Um, training myself to be to be good at them looking back and mm. that wonderful sense of community and camaraderie and us all getting better together, um, sharing the little tips and tricks. And even, you know, when, when somebody sort of cannoned one into the sides, like pushing people on the sofa. And it was, it was just, it was the best parts of, uh, of being younger and loving footing. In, in in your own living room and I I, I adored that. Um, the biggest fascination from back then was player manager. Uh, I'd not experienced experienced a football game that did the things it did and then became lost in those little details I was mentioning, like the the degree of sort of clipboard and pen nerdery uh, and matching that up with a game that I could actually play is still an itch that I'd quite like scratching in the modern day with all the the, the bells and whistles and fancy kits and stuff. Um, I love the stats, changing players' positions, 
and and time taking its toll on me um, as player manager through to purely managing was incredible. Um, doing research for the show, I was torn in many ways, not wanting to overwrite those memories made from formative years, yeah. which I thought would be a personal thing, but hearing it from yourself as well. Mm. But also this real fascination at looking at the details of player manager, player manager seeing the things it did, um, what it did at that time, which is revolutionary on such a small machine. Um, and like I say, perhaps out of ignorance, not seeing anything that's grabbed me like that in the modern day. Um, I still play Sensi from time to time on the 360, but even though I, I adore football to pieces, football games aren't a part of my gaming life other than those brief forays. And given how much of a footy fan I, I still am, that's, that's a real shame to me. But, um, yeah, amazing memories of, of being younger and, Still, a, an absolute fascination looking back at the player manager. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun to, uh, to sort of dot the i's and cross the t's and and see a few of the things that maybe I, I didn't remember and that I missed. Thanks, CJ. Okay, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you from me, Leon, to Carl and CJ, and thank you to uh, Dino and Steve and Anil Gupta as well for all the memories. CJ, have you got anything you want to uh, plug, put forward for irregular listeners who don't know who you are by now? Yeah, if you want to check out our shows, we're at Twin Humanities on Twitter. That's probably the best way to, to jump on. We do uh, Twin Humanities itself, which is uh, all about uh, the Souls games. Uh, we've got Oh the Humanities, which covers games and telly, movies, coffee, music, you name it, whatever we feel like talking about at the time. Uh, and then occasionally we jump into uh, Twin Destiny, talking about the shooty gun game Destiny. Mm, you might have reason to uh, do some of that soon. Absolutely. Mm, good fun. Right. So next time in issue 237, a red Testarossa spider, a magical sound shower and nothing but the open road ahead. Outrun. Outrun.